You're listening to podcast audio from Radiant Church, located in Bay City, Michigan. For more information on Radiant Church, you can check us out on www.radiantbc.com or follow us on social media at Radiant Bay City. All right, well, good morning, Radiant Church. If you are new with us, hey, welcome and thank you. My name is Marco Salazar. I'm the lead pastor of Radiant Church, and so glad and grateful that you have decided to worship with us on a Sunday morning. I've had the pleasure of meeting some of you, actually, the last few weeks and talking to some of you on the phone, and I've met some really cool people, people stepping back into the church, you guys, after being gone from the church for years, and it's really exciting to just see what God is doing here among us here at Radiant Church. Well, listen, today we are in... Uh, the book of Acts, one more time, again, with part number 11. This is part 11 already of our series uh, we've entitled The Spirit-Empowered Church. And if you are here and you're just kind of coming back to church, or maybe you're here and you are exploring faith, the book of Acts is found in the New Testament. It's one of the books of the Bible, and it is really the story in the life of the early church, and there's so much for us to glean from in the life of the early church, and, and you know, sometimes I hear people sort of uh, idealize, or idealize, I, I should rather say, the early church, and they say things like, you know, if we could just go back to the things that, the, the way things were in the early church, you know, then things would be perfect, then we would have the perfect church. However, they're not realizing that even in the early church, it was full of uh, disappointments. It was full of uh, setbacks and heartbreaks and uh, sin and messiness. Yet, despite all of those things, the early church grew rapidly because of the, the, the proclamation of the gospel, because of the apostles. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they were on mission to change the world. And so if you were with us last week, we began or we started Acts chapter 6. Let me just give you a very brief summary because today we're going to pick it up uh, towards the second half of Acts 6 and actually all of Acts chapter 7. We won't read all of it because it's pretty long, but I will give you some of the bits and pieces and help to fill in all the, the puzzle pieces, so to speak, for you. But in the beginning of Acts chapter 6, there's a problem within the church. There's a conflict. Yes, listen, you may be hard to believe, but even within the church, there are problems. And the Hellenistic or the Greek-speaking Jews, they sort of lobby a complaint against the Aramaic-speaking Jews. And they say, hey, our widows are being neglected in the daily distribution. You see, back then in the Jerusalem church, there was a daily distribution. There was sort of an outreach, but it was for uh, the believers there in the church, for those who were impoverished. And among that population were, well, as you may have guessed it, were widows. And they didn't have much, and so the church played a big part in helping them out. And so the Greek-speaking Jews are saying, hey, our widows are, are being neglected. And so here's what happens. The apostles step in, and they decide... We are so busy proclaiming the gospel, and we want to give ourselves to prayer and preaching the word. We're going to appoint seven men over this task. They're going to be full of the Holy Spirit. They're going to be full of wisdom, and that's what they do. They, they lay their hands on these seven men, and they appoint these seven men to do the work of the ministry so that they themselves, again, might be given to prayer and the proclamation of God's word. 
Now, one of those guys, if you remember in the list from last week, his name is Stephen. Okay, Stephen. We're going to talk about Stephen's life today just a bit. Everything seems to be going well in the church, right? Okay, problem solved. All right, we're good to go. Everything is cool, except it's actually not. Because just right after this, again, controversy stirs up among the Jews, among those who are, who are who, rather, oppose the church in a very, very strong way. And they literally, these Jewish people, they literally begin to pick a fight with Stephen, an argument, okay, an argument. And Stephen is a man, again, he's full of faith, he's a bold guy. And what we see Stephen do in Acts 6, especially in Acts chapter 7, is he speaks the truth with boldness, with boldness. I think we would all agree, especially in the times that we find ourselves living in, that speaking the truth, right, speaking the truth is really important today. Amen, church? Speaking truth is really important, especially in the age that we find ourselves in. We find ourselves in a day and age where there are blatant lies. There are so many half-truths that I think it's important that God's people would be agents of truth, that we would speak the truth when we have the opportunity to do so. Now, I think we would also agree that speaking the truth can be done, listen, in all the wrong ways. Okay? Pastor and once Bible commentator, he's now passed away, Warren Wearsby, he once famously said this. You can put that quote up. Truth without love is what? Brutality. And love without truth is hypocrisy. I'll leave that up there for a few moments. I want to talk about this. Here's what Warren Wearsby was trying to say when he made this statement. He says this. That truth, when you give truth without any love, it's kind of like a hammer, you know what I mean? Just bam, bam, bam. It just, it's just used to beat people down, and it doesn't do a whole lot of good. Now, some of us have done that before. We've spoken truth boldly, and we're like, yeah. But then afterwards, we realize that we actually beat up that person pretty badly. And that's what Warren Wiersbe is trying to say. But he's also trying to say the opposite, that love, if you just give love without Without any truth, well, it's actually hypocrisy because, listen, it lacks substance. It doesn't have character, okay? And, and, and besides that, listen, if you yourself believe in the truth and you have received the truth, isn't it just a bit hypocritical that you're not giving the truth to someone who actually may really, really need it? Right? And so love without truth is just hypocrisy. Henry Cloud, he is uh, this famous writer, a Christian psychologist, and by the way, he wrote this book called Boundaries, quick plug for Boundaries, the book Boundaries, if you've never read it, I think it's an excellent book, I read it years ago, the premise of the book Boundaries is essentially this, to be a good Christian doesn't mean you have to say yes to everything, and some of you need to learn how to say no, amen, right, <laughs> just quick plug for Boundaries, but here's what Here's what Henry Cloud says. He says this, truth without grace is judgment. It can kill someone's spirit. True love is grace and truth together. Show up with both at all times. <laughs> I think that's helpful, right? Show up with both, both truth, grace, and love. Show up with those things at all times. 
Of course, John the Apostle, I mean, above all of these things, okay, these books are great, and these Bible commentators are awesome, but above all, we have the Word of God, and John the Apostle summarizes essentially what? The, the ministry of Jesus, and he says this in 1 John, or not 1 John, John chapter 1, 17, he says this, for the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Amen, church? Grace and truth, right? Truth and grace. And I know what you're thinking. Some of you, I've said this before, some of you lean a little bit more on that grace side. You're like, oh, I just, I want to love people, I want to serve people. It's all grace. And you need to move a little bit more towards the truth, right? You're, 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 you're just, you're just, you need to be a bit more bold. Some of you, you are the truth hammers, right? You love to pound that nail to the ground. Let me give them the truth, right? Oh, I forgot to be graceful. I actually really hurt their feelings. I hurt them in a big way, right? But the idea is that we can do both, and Jesus Christ was both grace and truth. Now, listen, listen, church. I myself have said, and you've heard me say this, that the most loving thing that I can do is to give you the truth. And I stand behind that statement 100%, okay? But even in so, even in that, listen, I realize, I realize that I can give you the truth and I can still do it in all the wrong ways. I can still do it with a mean spirit. I can still be harsh and I can still crush people. And I have done that before in one-on-one -on -one conversations. And I've had to go back and say, listen, I'm sorry, I was a bit too hard on you. And so here's the, the deal. We still need to do it in the right way. And so here's what we're going to see from today's passage, Acts 6, Acts chapter 7, is that Stephen, when he's confronted, Stephen boldly declares the truth. Stephen, listen, is not afraid. Like, being fearful for Stephen is just not in his vocabulary, okay? This guy is unafraid. And yet, I think there's a few things. In fact, I think there's three things that we're going to pull from the text today that we can greatly learn from Stephen, that even though he declared the truth, he was bold, he was unafraid. Even though he did those things, listen, he did so in the, in the right way, in a manner that was graceful, in a manner uh, that was loving. It wasn't, it wasn't welcomed, we'll see that, but he still did so in the right way. And I think there's so much that we can learn from, from him as we, listen, we're called the, we, we are called to be people who contend for truth, to be proponents of the truth in, a, in the middle of a world full of lies and half-truths. And so listen, I want to pray for us this morning as we open God's word, as we uh, explore what his written word says. And uh, would you just do that with me for a few moments? We're going to pray first. I know we like to pray around here because that's what we do, that the church should be a place of prayer. And then we're going to dive into Acts chapter 6. We'll go, we'll actually begin in verse number 8. You can get your Bibles ready if you have yours ready or your smartphones ready. But let's go ahead and take a few moments and pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you for today. Thank you for bringing us here in your presence and even for the winds, God. We pray that you would uh, just diminish the winds even while we're here, Lord, and keep us safe as we worship together. Holy Spirit, we ask that you might um, just really uh, open our eyes to see the beauty of Jesus, to see Jesus as Lord, as King, as Savior, 